T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to bring me aboard. Permission to come aboard. Welcome to the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's D.A. Welcome inside the freshest edition of the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. Thanks for being with us. You can always subscribe to us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash the DA show and like the show page. That way, every time we do a permission granted podcast, which is what we're hearing right now, what you're hearing right now, what we are speaking right now, you can get that automatically on your timeline. Get your timeline popping. Okay. Also, it's on iTunes. Just search the DA show CBS sports and you see it on our website. Just go to DA on CBS.com. That's one-stop shopping for everything on the show. And just click on the audio tab. You'll see that every week as well, PGP. And this is the show behind the show. Coming up, Mraz will join me to talk about the week that was in San Francisco for Radio Row and Super Bowl week. But first, a very funny dude, actor and comedian Gary Owen, who is going to be seen opposite Mike Epps and Mike Tyson in the comedy Meet the Blacks coming out in April. You've also seen him in films like Think Like a Man and Think Like a Man 2. He was also in Ride Along with Ice Cube and Kevin Hart last year. He's been all over the place. Really funny guy. And he's got a couple of shows coming up on Valentine's Day weekend. Gary Owen joining us here on the PGP. Gary, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Last week, we were in the Bay Area for Super Bowl week, enjoying all the festivities along Radio Row and such. I saw that you got to hit up the ESPN party out there at Super Bowl weekend. How was that? It was good. It was good. We had a, had a show at the San Jose Performing Arts Center on Saturday, the night before the Super Bowl. We had all the uh, we had all the Bronco and, and, and Panther wives. They came out to the show that night. It was good to, to give them something to do because, really, when you go to the Super Bowl, the only bad thing is you don't get to enjoy the week. And that goes for the family members, too. Yeah, for sure. The players are always kind of locked away, and they've got to do their media obligations, the families as well. But Super Bowl week is awesome because you get to explore a new city and get to check out all the fun stuff and the parties and all the gatherings and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I tell you, I've been to the last five years, I've been to whatever city the Super Bowl was in. I've had shows and, and enjoyed the weekend. i tell you who killed it was Indianapolis a few years ago. I mean, they really killed it because a lot of people don't know any of the cold city, but they got a lot of walkways that are above the city that you can go building to building without ever going outside. So I was shocked at how well Indy was able to do the Super Bowl. Because remember a few years back, Jacksonville had it and they didn't have enough hotel rooms? Yeah. And people were staying on like cruise ships. They brought cruise ships in to stay in the That's cabin. right. That's right. Yeah, I was down there for that. Yeah, people were staying on a freaking cruise ship. 
Yeah, I was like, how do you give a city uh, uh, a Super Bowl and they don't build enough hotels? It's like <laughs> having somebody invite them over your house and you don't have an extra room. Why would you invite somebody over your house and you got a one-bedroom? <laughs> I know that you're a big Cincinnati Bengals fan, so the end of this season must have been pretty tough to swallow, kind of like every end of the season, I suppose. Oh, this one was the worst because the, I got a little worried once um, once the Jets lost to the Bills because I really think we matched up great with the Jets. And when we play the Steelers, for whatever reason, they're, they are our kryptonite. They got our number especially in Cincinnati. Because I don't know if you know this, Roethlisberger's 14-2 in Cincinnati in his career. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, we've only beat him twice in the last 16 games. And I said it before the game. I told all my boys, I go, it don't matter who wins. Whoever wins is coming out so beat up, they're going to be undermanned come the next game. And look what happened. Antonio Brown got knocked out, and they were undermanned going into um, – Denver. Yep, no doubt about it. I saw you were tweeting a ton about the Super Bowl watching the game. What'd you think about it? Uh, I mean, if you like defense, it it was a good game. It was, it was sloppy. It was really sloppy, but I just didn't. Um, I think it's a, everybody was getting on Cam Newton, but I just think this is the uh, this is the first game all season that he couldn't his play couldn't elevate that play of others because he he just doesn't have a number one. And the only guy that could separate from the DBs was Ted Ginn, but he's not the most reliable receiver. That's right. Comedian Gary Owen is joining us here on the show. So, I mean, your film career has totally taken off. This is awesome. Last year, Ride Along with Ice Cube and Kevin Hart was an absolute giant hit. What was it like to be part of that cast, that crew, and doing that movie? Um, Well, I've known Kevin since 98. So we've done three movies together. I've been on House, uh, the Hollywood Husband Show and BET with them. So we, we go back quite a ways. So working with Kevin is just like working with an old buddy. This is my first time working with Ice Cube. You know, he can be an intimidating guy, but I just build a rapport with him. I just start talking Lakers and Raiders. I'm set. And it completely disarms him. And then he starts opening up. I just agree. Because I'm not a Laker fan, but I would just agree with them. I go, yeah, they don't. Yeah, they need to help Kobe out. You're right, Cube. You're right. <laughs> I just agree with them. So, you know, when it comes to Ice Cube, how intimidating is he? Because, you know, you've seen him in movies that are total family movies, right? And are we there yet? And all these other family things. And so he's still, though, outside of that, a pretty intimidating guy. Yeah, he's that guy you just um, you let him make the first move. You don't try to approach him real aggressive. I don't see too many people just like if he was at Chipotle. I don't see too many people just running up on Ice Cube. <laughs> I think people will be like, "Oh, there's there's Ice Cube. There he is." Like they'll be sneaking Snapchat pictures, right. Instagram pictures. Right. They're just gonna run up on him. Hey, speaking of Chipotle, have you gone back since they've had this E. coli scare? No, I'm done. I'm done. That's it. You're out forever. Totally in my system, forever, forever. I'm done. It's a game of mine. It, it was good, but it wasn't like it was fine dining at its finest. It's not like this great steakhouse that you're like, oh my god, no more ribeye from <laughs> It's it's chicken and rice. <laughs> so for how you can get that anywhere before this scare? How often were you going? Well, see, as a comedian. 
you try to eat, uh, you're on the road a lot, so you try to eat as healthy as you can. And in my mind, that was the healthiest fast food place. Right. So I would say once, twice a week. You know, you don't try to overdo it, but once or twice a week, and then they, you know, they got the brown rice now instead of the white rice. And you just got to eliminate the cheese and the sour cream. Basically, anything that made it good, you had to eliminate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I said, I'm not, I'm not worried about brown rice and chicken. I can get that anywhere. And so now, you know, if it's gonna, if you're gonna have to eat that to be try to be healthy when it has E. coli in it, then you, you know, you have to make sure that uh, that's not really that healthy. You got to make sure you cut the the E. coli out of your diet. Yeah, yeah, I'm done with Chipotle. You can have it. So you got Meet the Blacks coming up in the, in April, and Mike Epps and Mike Tyson are in this comedy. What what kind of uh, tell me about this film? Tell tell me about making this film. Well, it's it comes out April first, and that's not a joke. April first falls on a Friday this year. Uh, if you've seen the Purge movies, it's a loosely based parody on the Purge. It's not like uh, just a parody, but it's. It's almost like its own take on it. Mike and his fa- Mike Epps and his family move into a gated Beverly Hills community the night of the purge, and they don't realize it's the night of the purge. And I'm the head of the homeowners association, so immediately uh, we're taking them out right off the bat. And a lot of people think it's called Meet the Blacks because Mike Epps is black and his family. Nah, his name is black in the movie. His last name is black. So how fun is it to be on set with those guys? I mean, Epps is, he's a, he's a riot. That guy is so, so funny. Yeah, well, the thing about it was a lot of my scenes I was alone because I'm outside the house trying to break in the house. I'm like the head killer. So a lot of my scenes I was by myself, and then Mike would have to shoot his scene separate from me or whoever I was after. There was only, I think there was only one time the whole movie where I had somebody else in a scene with me. Uh, most of the times, you know, I just had guys in masks and they were they were extras, but I was leading the charge trying to break into the house. Well, how how hard is that then to do all of your scenes when you're alone and no, nobody to play off of? Uh, I don't, you know what? It wasn't that bad because it gave me a lot of range to just freestyle a lot of my lines. I got to make up a lot of lines because you give the director one line off the script, and then he's like, okay, just do what you want this scene. We'll see where it goes. And then that's what I was doing. So it was fun to me because I got to ad-lib. But you're not getting any reaction. Yeah, right. So I'll find out if it was funny when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done a film and you did a, did a scene or a couple of scenes, you were like, you know, that, that really came out well. That really came out funny. And then you watched it on the final edit, the final cut, and you were like, oh, man, that didn't come out any, at any way the, the way that I thought it was going to be. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. There's been times I've done movies where I saw I, I was like, oh, man, they cut that out. That that would have been funny. But then on the other end, like Daddy Daycare, I, the one I did with Eddie Murphy, you know, I made that song up in the room, the, the B-R-O-C-C-O-L-I. I am the broccoli and don't know why. I just made it up. And then it, it stuck in the movie. And then people will still sing it. They'll come up to be kids and the parents will be like, my kid, he sings that song. That's so great. I love that. I love the fact that you can kind of make magic on the fly, you know, in a movie and make it stick like that and make it so memorable. I saw in a recent article that you called uh, your role in Think Like a Man with uh, with Kevin Hart your quote-unquote avatar moment. That means it's a big moment. So what was it where that kind of hit home? Well, what it was was, you know, I could, I could easily do a movie with Adam Sandler or 
or Jim Carrey. But for the people that already know me as a comedian, uh, Think Like a Man, Ride Along, Think Like a Man too, that fed right into my fan base. So it just it elevated me from, oh, that's Gary the funny guy, to, oh, it's Gary the funny guy that's in movies. And it's funny how people's mindset changes when they see you like that. So the way that movie was marketed, it was marketed, uh, for me, I benefited the most because it just marketed right to my audience, the people that were already coming to see me. Now it just elevated me even more. And the way my character was, you know, he was a family guy. He was a married guy. And in my act, that's what I talk about a lot is my wife and kids. Comedian and actor Gary Owen is joining us here on the show. You've also got a, a show coming up as well on Valentine's Day, huh? Coming up on Sunday in Chicago? Chicago, I got a, yeah, we're at the Crown Theater. And then uh, the night before the 13th, I'm in Dallas at the Verizon Theater. Oh, very so, cool. If any, I always... I always tell people that the easiest way to keep up with me is my website is GaryOwen.com if they want to know my tour schedule. And that's, that's also, I have my app. If you, if you have iPhones and everything, if they just search Gary Owen, my app pops up. Oh, it's perfect. Free. That's awesome. You can't beat that price. Yeah, right? That's awesome. You can also follow Gary at Gary Owen Comedy on Twitter. Again, his website is GaryOwen.com. He's got shows coming up. Dallas on on Saturday, and then Chicago on Sunday for Valentine's Day weekend. So go check him out, guys. Gary, man, it's great to catch up, buddy. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to Gary Owen for joining us here on the PGP. And Mraz joins me now. Mraz, have you survived San Francisco week? Yes, I have. Uh, boarding the plane was great. I was happy to uh, get out of there. I landed safely. I've slept. I'm recouped. I'm finally back on a good gym routine again. I'm ready to go. Life life continues. I would say biggest learning lesson that I took away from, from Radio Row Week and Super Bowl Week, which was an amazing week, and I had such a good time doing it, and hopefully that translated on the air as well, and that was if I ever fly back from the West Coast again, it ain't going to be middle of the day. It's always going to be the red eye. Uh, I totally agree. That flight home, it was five hours, felt like 15. And we're you know we're waking up after not sleeping much on West Coast time. And by the time we landed, it was 6 o'clock Eastern. It was dark out. The whole, My whole Saturday was gone. Yeah, this was, uh, this was pretty brutal because Friday was our last show. We got off the air at 7 o'clock Pacific time. And then went back to where we were staying, dropped off our stuff, changed a little bit, and then got ready to go out and get some food Mm -hmm. before we went out and hit the town for our final night. And so by the time we got out, maybe it was 8.30, you know, by the time after we ate a little food or whatnot, had a few beers, and, you know, we stayed out pretty late, probably came back maybe around 2 or 3. Yeah, I mean, last call was 2. We made it to last call. So I would say my head probably hit the pillow 3. So we then had a 7 a.m. wake-up call. You had to wake me up. Yes. And because we had a 9.30 flight. Yeah, I had a 6.30 wake-up call because that was the original. Uh, you had told me, let's leave by 7. So I woke up at 6.30 and I let you sleep a little bit. We didn't end up leaving till 7.30 because getting you out of bed was a, was a rough go of it. That was not an easy one to get me out. <laughs> Felt like your mother when you were eight <laughs> trying to get you up for school. Yeah, I was never good at getting up for, for school. My dad would always knock on the door. I think we... In high school, it was like a 6.15 wake-up call. <laughs> Six, 6.25, he'd come by. 6.35, he'd come by. 6.45, he'd come by. Then I think the bus came at like 7.05 or something like that. It was like you had 15 minutes 
for me, get up, out the door. I never showered in the morning. I showered at night. It's cr- I really learned this about you. Now I know why you really enjoy the evening hours, not the overnight. It's like the evening hours because you can sleep till whenever you want to sleep. You'll get yeah. up and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that I'm not a morning person. It's just that, that early, early wake up, my mind's just not functioning. Right. Oh, it clearly was not functioning. So I just get to wheel you into the cab. Especially after a few anchor steers. <laughs> So we get down, so we leave the apartment, we leave the place at 7.30, our flight's at 9.30, but when you think about this, we leave the house at 7.30 a.m. in San Francisco. It's bright, sunny, sun shining. Birds chirping. We touch down at JFK at 6 p.m., 5.55. Eastern. Eastern. We then get our bags and our, you got picked up by your dad. I took a cab home. I was not back in my house until about 7.15 p.m. So that's a 12-hour day start to finish. And then, you know, you add on everything that you could have done. And it just doesn't make any sense to have spent a 12-hour day trying to come home from a place in this country. It makes no sense at all. And again, it was totally shot. Like, I woke up Sunday. I was like, okay, it's Super Bowl Sunday. But by the time I went to bed, I go, wait a minute. I was just at work all week. I'm I'm going right back to work on Monday. It was just they totally screwed you up on the weekend. Yeah, so even though I might not be able to sleep on the the flight, not much anyway, I would rather do the red eye. Yeah, because you go home, you sleep a little bit in the morning, and you figure it out. You wake up, you're all right. Number two, and not that I'm complaining because the week was amazing, and we had an amazing opportunity to go out there, but it was a a lesson learned. I'll never do that again. Of course, always learning. Here is my next question. Mm -hmm. We stayed in an Airbnb, and for those that don't know, these are owners of apartments, houses, cottages, things like this, that rent out their places, and so you're like an individual, like, hotel manager. Mm -hmm. And you can stay with people that are at their place and, like, rent out a room. You could rent out, like, a guest house, or you could rent out their whole house or their whole apartment. So you could do this in, like, vacation places. So... We rented a three-bedroom place that was owned by a guy in San Francisco downtown, not far from where we had to be on Radio Row, the convention center, and he wasn't there. So I saw all the pictures online, and they were the inside of this place was fine. It was totally fine. It was clean and everything. The three bedrooms were spacious. They were nice. It was clean. It was good sunlight coming in the living room, the kitchen, updated amenities, The appliances were nice, everything. So that was fine, and it looked like it was close to the convention center. But they never showed me what the neighborhood was like. and With good reason. And if I would have known, I I would not have rented that place, because even though it was fine, I mean, it was so shady, so dodgy. I mean, we saw open, hard drug use on our street to the point where... And that's not a joke, literal drug use. You saw somebody stick a needle in somebody's neck. Yeah, and, like, I'm never going to be able to shake that image. Like, I had all these great moments in San Francisco. It was, like, the first thing I told people when I came home. They're like, well, what do, you know, what was it like? I, I saw somebody shoot heroin. Like, that was, that was like, to my Can mind. Can you shoot heroin in the neck? I, I mean, I just assume it was heroin. Who knows what drugs they're putting in needles? I mean, I'm not, I'm not a drug expert, but I'm just going to go with heroin. Okay. But you did see somebody put a needle into a guy's neck. Yeah. In the, from the backseat of a car, I looked over, and that, that's, that was going on. I, I, and it was just, I was, it was a shock moment for me. Sure. So there was just a lot of vagrants and drug users and on our street and all in our neighborhood because we were not far from the Tenderloin District. 
which is apparently the real dodgy area of yeah, San Francisco. Which, by the way, I looked up since. That's where we were walking into in route to Fisherman's Wharf. Yes, yeah, yeah, that was the problem, that we walked right into the heart of that. Right. So that, I, I, would, not have, I would not have rented the Airbnb. So today I got an email, you have to write a review for Airbnb. If you have to? If you use it, you got to do it. You well, have, what if you don't? They're going to charge you more money? I don't know. I, I don't know what the I reper- mean, it can't make you do anything you I don't, don't want to do. I don't know what the repercussions are, but you're supposed to because it's all kind of user-based, so you're supposed to – they want to keep it safe. Right. You know, so they want they want people to be alerted of – or they just want to make sure, like, the owner isn't, isn't sketchy because the owner can just at the last moment say, oh, so sorry, Air, it's not I, available. See, I don't Airbnb is like a company. Yeah, yeah, it's like... A, it's, so, like, you could register your apartment within Airbnb. Yes. Like, you control it. It's like an outlet, right. almost like a franchisee. Yeah, exactly okay. right. Okay. Exactly right. That's a good way to put it. So, on the review, what do you do? What would you have done? I had to write a review today. I wrote the review. Well, I would say this. The person we met who took care of everything was very friendly and very nice. So, that person probably relies on this. A job. Ajay. Now, Ajay, I, I believe, was just the cleaner, not the owner. But nonetheless, he, he gets paid to take care of that. Yeah. So I wouldn't want him losing a job or not. I agree. I think I he would, was great. I would I would say, on average, I bet you a lot of reviews, people get through the first three sentences. Like, ah, whatever. I would probably write a good first three sentences. Just, hey, place was very clean. Uh, you know, the housekeeper, whatever. Ajay took care of everything. Very nice. You know, very friendly. And then I would get to that second paragraph and go, however, the area was shady. If you like witnessing open drug use on the street, <laughs> you could see that. Um, key seems to jam, so if you're in a panic and feel very frightened, be very calm as you turn the key in. I would put those notes because it's only fair to the next person who might spend there. I mean, there were some good moments, like the place itself was nice, but you have to include the bad. You have to. So that's exactly what I did. I used the first three sentences to describe bedrooms were spacious. Kitchen was nice. Love the word. You always see the word spacious when it comes to a <laughs> yeah. review. And I and I had, you know, it was cleaned when we came in. They were very accommodating for us to come in early and all of that. I said all of that. And then the last sentence, because I think I did like four sentences, was um, it should be noted for people renting it that the street itself had some alarming activity on it. <laughs> <laughs> and had some, I think, I said some sketchy activity on the street. Uh, fair enough. I like that because you leave a little element of mystery. So either somebody's going to stay where they're going to go, I want to see what this uh, and that was sketchiness the, And that was the public. Then you have to send a message to the owner. Oh. And that's private. That does not show up anywhere. That's private. And then you have to send a message, like a rating system, or if you want to add comments, to Airbnb that the owner doesn't see. You know, this is a big-time project <laughs> to do this. I mean, just give me a Holiday Inn Express at this point. I know. But you know what? I, I appreciate it because it helps out weed out really shady characters and, th- and for them they don't want like a murder house they don't want right. somebody saying yeah come to this great airbnb and then you never hear from the people then again you get shanked and that's the end of it right they want to make sure that they're vetting everybody so i and it's a huge procedure also to to get a apply to be accepted into airbnb to like rent something like i had to go through a background check of like a thousand parts because they don't want a murderer just walking in and then, so why didn't they do a background check on the street, like send somebody to drive down and see the street? Well, I don't know. Maybe they did, and they just thought it was good enough. If that's good enough, I'd hate to see the ones <laughs> that get rejected. So I sent I sent to the owner. I was like, look, the place was fine. It was, you know, all the stuff that I said. I said, but you should tell people that this street is really dodgy because, you know, honestly, I think people need to know that. But 
Like, if we were two single chicks, that would have been a different story, don't you think? True. I look jacked. They were not going to touch us. <laughs> and then the private message I said to Airbnb, honestly, I said, look, everything was fine. You know, we ended up getting out of there, no problem. <laughs> but you should know that, that like, this is not a safe street for most people. Now, it, it might be safe. Maybe there's never been crime on it ever. But, man, you just don't well, want to... You don't want documented to- crime because <laughs> I can oh. tell you I witnessed crime on yeah, that's, that street. That's a good point. Drug use, I suppose. Hard drug right. use is a crime. Yes. Yeah. There was that, and I think we witnessed. Uh, there was like a woman. I, I don't want to. I mean, she was like slapping a dog in the face. If you remember, I think we forgot about that part too. There was some type of wrestling happening in the middle of the <laughs> yeah. street when we we drove down yeah, once. There, there, it was, I'm telling you, there was a dog involved. It was like a man and a dog fighting or something. Yeah, the, there was a there was a man fighting a dog in the middle of the street. Like the at dog one point. was acting like a human, like it wasn't going to take any crap. <laughs> and and the best part of the entire week on on that front was when we told the cabbie we're at so-and-so address, and he goes, no, 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 what what, what, what avenue are you on? <laughs> and we're like, no, this is it. And we pulled up to the house, and he goes, no, are you one block over on Market? And we're like, no, this is our place. He goes, no, 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 where are you on Market? He was so scared <laughs> for our well-being. He could not imagine that we were there. And we asked two Lyft drivers, which is like the um, the Uber of San Francisco, like a, like a cabbie, but private service. And we asked um, if they could just wait while we went upstairs and dropped their stuff off. And I think both of them were a little worried about just and, waiting on the street. And both ensured that they locked those doors, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, when we come back out, both of uh, both those times the doors were locked. There's no question. And I'm basically pulling on. I want to get in as fast as possible. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So uh, so we're back in, and we're healthy and we're safe. So that's good. Uh, number two... The best thing you ate in San Francisco had to be the Ghirardelli Sunday, right? There's no question because as good as Fisherman's Wharf, and I ate a lot of good stuff. Like that's all stuff like I can kind of replicate. I don't think I can ever replicate the Sunday that I got at Ghirardelli. Like I've been True. to a ton of of great like homemade ice cream places. Like that was by far the best ice cream Sunday I've ever had in my life. True. It was so rich. It was so delicate. It was so delicious. So what was the second best thing you ate? We had the Italian meal the first day. Not you first know night. Second best thing I ate was the burrito. The first thing we ate. Yeah, I think so. I think La Taqueria in the Mission District of uh, San Francisco, heavily authentic Mexican district. It was probably the best burrito I've ever had. Delicious. And another odd note of that, they handle the food without gloves there. Mm. You know, I forgot to. You know, we got to ask someone. Is that like legal in California, or is that just anything goes in that district over there? I don't know. I yeah. mean, and honestly, I'm a pig, so it really didn't affect me. Like, no, and none of them actually looked disgusting where, like, that bothered me, but I just found, like, that was an odd scene to me. Well, and also you have to realize two things on trusting a place that doesn't have um, their their hands covered. Number one, they had awards all over the place, mm-hmm. like, like the Zagat or Zagat, however you pronounce that, and all these, like, traveler awards and everything. And this was ranked, like, one of the best burritos in the country. So they... If they're going to win all those awards, I'm guessing they're doing something sanitarily correct. True. Number two, it was packed. Oh, so yeah. If if one person got sick, the whole place was going to get sick. So if they're turning foot, if they're turning food over that that quickly, you got to figure that no matter what they're doing, it's probably clean. Yeah, I totally agree. It just that was kind of like a like a wow when I was watching. I'm like, ah, it's interesting. It didn't bother me because I thought it was delicious. And I'm I'm telling you, behind Ghirardelli, that was the best thing I ate. But yeah, it was great. Absolutely great. I mean, and let's not anything on Fisherman's Wharf was delicious too. Yeah, I wish we had another. See, in retrospect, now I had to get back for the Sunday morning football show. 
And that was 9 a.m. Eastern time. So taking a red eye and then walking into the studio to go do a show probably was going to be impossible. But in retrospect, I would have tried to do it and tried to do the the red eye Saturday night. So that would have given us all day Saturday to go out and eat more. Because <laughs> I, I would have done Fisherman War, Fisherman's Wharf again. You know what? In retrospect, I wish we stayed closer to Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah. Because but, you know what? You still could have done like... An 8 o'clock dinner at Fisherman's Wharf before we went out if we were closer. It just was going to be so hard to get to the convention center by staying up there. That was uh, like... In theory. I mean, we still could have made it back in like 25 minutes. We just would have been paying more in cab fees. It would have just been going back and forth, though. Like, yeah. Think about how many times we cut it close, going to do what we were going to do, and then going to the convention it's true. center. It's true. Not a perfect world, though. I need no, a better it's, layout. It's not a perfect world. I need a better better layout. <clears throat> you know, Pharrell lived in San Francisco for a year plus working at KNBR. I forgot about that. I didn't realize that. Boy, I, mean, I got to really ask him some stories. Yeah, I I only got a brief San Francisco recap from him, but you got to ask him stories. All right, that's going to be something I take care of in the newsroom. <clears throat> I'm like, Fro, what what do you think about uh, San Francisco? Oh, great city, love it. I said, what um what do you think about the the homeless situation there? Oh, they're all over the place. It's crazy. It's freaks everywhere. I mean, freaks. <laughs> See, like, I, I, it's just so strange. Like, I've heard other people say, "Oh, San Francisco is great." Like. I enjoyed my time there, but I don't know about living there. I just don't know. I just think that we were in a really weird section. Like you, th- you think if we stayed somewhere else, we would have had a different opinion ima- on it? Imagine the convention center radio row was on Fisherman's Wharf. I yeah, mean, imagine, you we, imagine we never saw the tenderloin and the nut jobs and the drug use. It's true. You probably fly back home. San Francisco's the most amazing place on earth. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Interesting. Great eats. Good drinks. Rough scene. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a good way to put it. All right, this is the PGP here on the DA Show's uh, feed. Hey, are we going to get a new iTunes feed for this? Uh, apparently, apparently, this one, as we are speaking, should be on the new iTunes feed. Oh. I, uh, I have been working diligently with the web department. Will they double dip on our old feed and the new feed or just the new feed? No, it'll be a new feed. Okay. Uh, uh, earlier the day that we were recording this on Tuesday, I have uploaded last week's to it as a dummy we're waiting to see if that comes through, but this will be up there as well. All right, very good. So if we do switch iTunes feed, this will be the last one that we don't know if we're on there or not. Next week, we will direct you to the place that you need to go. Obviously, if you just uh, type in Permission Granted Podcast, you'll find it if it is on a new feed this week. So there you go. Uh, Joe D joining the PGP on the Side B with Sean Mraz next. All right, let's rock. It's the side B of the Permission Granted podcast with your executive producer, fresh off a delightful trip to San Francisco. It is Sean Mraz, joined by Jolton Joe D'Aluizio. Nice rhyme, Mraz. How are you? How are you? I am doing tremendous. And yes, we are live. We're not live, but this Permission Granted podcast, we're finally back active here on the Play.it with a little standalone piece, a nice little, uh, should be a... Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, a nice little thumbnail picture of us up there, and uh, play dot it should be flying. So now we got to take this a little more seriously, Joe. Okay. And by the way, that picture we look pretty solid in that picture. I yeah. like it. I'm a fan. We do look solid. Uh, there's a couple things I want to get into here. Speaking of solid, the trip to San Francisco, obviously, it's been discussed on this podcast. Been discussed. Joe, I wish you were out there with us. We had I a mean, great time. I honestly was so jealous. Every picture that either you or Da posted, I was like, man, do I wish. I came out to San Fran with you guys. Yeah, and Friday night after you had uh, done the show back at the shop, we had a pretty epic night. 
you know, running into if you follow the pictures there, David Wells, former Yankees pitcher. I mean, I mean, doing the, shots the with re- him. The real question is, who wasn't there? Who wasn't at Radio Row or in San Francisco last it's week? Ama- it's amazing because you know, two years ago when I was in New York City and I first got to experience Radio Row. Obviously, you meet a lot of people at Radio Row, and it, it's hectic and and all that. But as far as like New York City goes. You know, you, you could go out in New York City or whatever, and you I don't remember seeing these stories or seeing all these people out. And I guess that just comes with New York is that big a city that, you know what I mean? Like, it's easier people to get lost little, in the shuffle. Right. Yeah. San Francisco's a little bit of a smaller city. So that, that part of it was pretty amazing. How did you handle doing the show back? Uh, we did three shows from Radio Row. You handled one of them. That was the Friday show. And yeah, were you okay? Everything went. You made a very funny epic fail. I'll give you credit. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think I was all right. Uh, I got here nice and early. You know, uh, when you're not in, you're supposed to be in by uh, two p.m. Eastern. Right. I was already here by like one uh, fifteen. So I was wow, here. Why? I just wanted to make sure everything was uh, ready to go and prepared. I wanted to make sure we had all Jeez. our reads ready, everything like that. And you didn't I even was... hear from me until like 4 p.m. Eastern, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I, but to tell you the truth, I was relatively calm. In the back of my mind, I said, you know what? They had two great shows. If one of them is uh, subpar, it happens. So you went with the Steve-O Moralia theory there. And it worked. I thought the show went, was great. I thought it went well. You did an excellent job back at the shop. And as I said, the epic fail, that's no easy picnic and... And doing all that, and you, and you did a good job. But yeah, we really missed you, man, out in San Francisco. Why, I would, if I had to ask you from an outsider's point of view, and please let me preface this by saying, I do not mean to make this sound cocky, arrogant, or like I'm trying to show off. This is, I, and I just mean this in a serious manner. Okay. Because you saw the pictures we posted and all this. What made you the most jealous? Like, what What did you—I'm curious to this. What was the, the picture that was like, oh, man, I wish I was there? I think just all the pictures from Radio Row, I just wish I could experience something like that, being around all oh, the— you will. Your uh, moment will come. Hopefully, eventually, sooner rather than later. But just being able to be around all the athletes, uh, PR people, making, con- like, future connections for, right, which is for the show d- down the line or for your career, who knows? I thought that's that's what I, like, missed out the most— and I, I wish I was there for. And then, of course, the after parties that you guys were at seemed like they were a blast. Yeah, we had a good time. We, uh, you know, we painted the town in San Francisco. And you, and you know what? I'll say this, too. Our hours, uh, you know, being on from 3 to 7 p.m. Pacific time, 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. But out in San Francisco, like Thursday, we got there around 1 p.m. Pacific time. There were other days we got there like 2 p.m. Pacific time. My, my point being is this. As far as like when, when people do these Radio Rose shows— and stuff like this. And I notice this with Tiki and Tierney's guys, with Gottlieb's guys. Pretty much by the time you wake up, have some breakfast, you're ready to roll to Radio Row. And then by the time you get out, there's all sorts of parties or events you have to go to and stuff. And you really don't get to see the city. Our hours afforded DA and I the opportunity to really see San Francisco, which I thought was really cool on top of that. Because it's a business trip. But it was cool to be able to see a lot of landmark items. Like we were able to tour the baseball stadium. We were able to go see the Golden Gate Bridge. We were able to go to my Ghirardelli Chalka factory, which was unbelievable. Which was really the only thing you absolutely no, wanted to no. do. I'm glad I did. I mean, Joe. That good, cream, huh? The ice cream at Ghirardelli, that ice cream sundae, was breathtaking. Now, at what time did you guys get there? We got to Ghirardelli about 10, 15 a.m., and it opened at 10. And you had a sundae that early in the morning? Yeah. So and I, that was the first thing you ate? Yes. Well, I actually ate a bag of Munchies potato chips on, well, the, that explains on the couch the, waiting for that DA. That explains the Chubbo nickname that you've uh, rightfully earned. Oh, hold on here. It's not like I had a fitness center by because DA had us basically stay 
saying, uh, you know. You no, ain't fooling any of the listeners. You are not getting your ass to a fitness center. I do. When I go away, I, I try to stay fit. Cruise you, ship, I'm, I'm there every morning at the fitness center. You knew you were going there for the chocolate radio row and the drinks laughter. Don't 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 try to I fool did anybody. I did damage. Now, one thing I will say, I got a couple um, comments on radio from people I know. Okay. okay. And I faced a similar comment uh, when I got into the newsroom today. Okay. And that would be my hair. All right. I wanted to ask you about my hair. Whatever's left of it. Okay. Okay. So now it's been very clear that my hair has rapidly thinned these past couple of years. And it was always thin. We've talked about this on the show. High school, junior high. I mean, you go on and on. It kept thinning, thinning, thinning. And I got to a point in the first year on the show, my hair was not like this. It was not basically buzzed all the way down. I was still keeping like the Homer Simpson strands on the top. <laughs> and Brock and DA convinced me that I really should buzz this thing down. And I was petrified to do it. I did it. Now, I was happy originally with the way I looked. However, I feel like because I did it and I kept doing it, that now I've lost more hair because I went that route. And now it's gotten to the point where I basically need a haircut every week and a half on the sides because the emptiness of the crown above my head has become, it's, the enemy's exceeded the territory here. And I have to ask, I'm scared to do it, but is it time to shave the head? I think it's time. I think you get the you get the shaving cream out, you get the bic, and you you go go to See, town. There's a, there's problems here, Joe. There's problems. What's the problem? Number one, I can't shave my own head because like your head has so many crevices and turns, you're gonna end up missing spots. Okay, easy solution. You ask your wife to help you out. See, I don't know if I trust her with a razor on my head. She shaves my back. Occasionally, she'll shave the butt cheeks. I don't think she could shave the head. <laughs> So, hold on. She occasionally shaves other body parts of yours. Yeah, that I can't reach properly. Okay, and how does that come out? Fine? Oh, as far as I could tell. So, as far as you could tell, I think you could <sighs> trust your wife with your head. Will a barber do it for me? Because I love the barbershop experience. And that's the other thing, too. Like, if we're just going straight razor and shaving it, like, I'm going to miss the feeling of an electric buzzer tingling on my head. That's a great feeling. I mean, I think right now you have a little bit too much hair on your head to just go straight razor. You would have to do the buzz and then finish it off with the razor. I'm hmm. sure the barber will help you out. I'm petrified, Joe. I don't know. but This like, is a big stage in your life. Yeah. You're but, entering and, the... Uh, and I always said I, w- I would wait to shave my head until I lost a lot of weight. I don't think that... Uh, you haven't lost weight, buddy. No, no, no. I don't think I've lost enough weight. You know what I mean? Now, hopefully. At what point do I wave the white flag on the weight and just go with the shaved head? I think you got to go with the shaved head. Maybe that'll motivate you to lose more weight. Don't try that reverse psychology with me. The reverse psychology works sometimes, Mraz. It's not working with this. That's not happening. Why not? You're thinking about shaving it. Maybe you shave it and you say, you know what? If I lost 10 or 15 more pounds, I'd look even better. I don't know about this, Joe. I don't know about this. It's a huge step towards your uh, your latter parts of your life here. What, you have me? you have me in the box already? You're not in the box, but, you know. <laughs> they put me in the ground. You're aging. How old are you? I'm 28. Oof. So 28, no head, no hair on the head? Mm. You, you need to calm down. What did you think of the Super Bowl? I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I liked... Uh, I'm all Did it suck? Is your second Super Bowl having to watch it here? Or was it the first? This was actually the first. It was absolutely horrible having to watch it here. I would, thought... Would I, you take off in the future? Use a day off? Uh, 100%. 100% a day Leave off. that to be a part-timer deal? Absolutely. I can't. Yeah, I don't it, blame it, you. it was so difficult. I mean, the shows that I produce on the weekends, one, uh, both of them were during the Super Bowl. 
the later sh- the latter show uh, with Ken Carmen was from uh, 10 p.m. Eastern to 2 a.m. So after the game, rapid phone reaction with uh, yeah, their that, that picks up. Yeah, that picks up. But during the game, I mean, I think our phone rang once. That's a brutal spot. It's tough, but you got to. I mean, I know you're professional about it, but I was curious. You know, it's got to stink watching it here. Yeah, you, as no, a fan, I mean, I, you got to do your job. You know, but. of course, you got to do your job, but. The, the most difficult thing, no, you can't watch the game with the volume in the control room, so I missed out on the commercials, which, you yeah. know, yeah. Super Bowl, you want to see the commercials. Did you like halftime? I liked some of halftime. I okay. loved Bruno Mars. All I wasn't right. a fan of Coldplay just because I... I they're bad. They don't do it for me. They're, yeah, they're fine. They have a couple decent exactly. songs, but they're not entertaining. Exactly. Beyonce, any day of the week, she could perform So you disagree with me about the Beyonce fat thing? Oh, absolutely. She looks beautiful. Now, do you have a problem? we got to get into this a little bit because okay. there's a little bit of a Twitter war here. Oh, yes. Um, there's a host. I uh, will say her name, Amy Lawrence, who I'm very friendly with. I was just on Radio Row with her, and she took umbrance. Is that a word? Umbridge? Uh, I'm not too sure what Had you're trying to say. Had a problem with me calling out Beyonce's weight on Twitter. And she and she tweeted this whole thing, including my handle, and it sparked a little bit of a Twitter debate. Do you have a problem with me criticizing? Even if you disagree, Beyonce, is this like off limits? You can't comment on 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 women's weight. I uh, I like you said, I do disagree with you. I don't think what you said was too far out of line. No, and I would say this: you never tell a family member, a mother, or somebody like close to you, or somebody that you know is close to you, like. Boy, looking fat. It was like the old Sopranos Ginny Sack joke. Like, you don't do that. But, like, Beyonce's in a different realm. Like, a Beyonce, a Kardashian. Like, they're fair game as far as I'm concerned. They're putting themselves out there. They're dressing that way. They're billionaires. Like, I'm not going to feel bad about doing that. I'm sorry. No, if that's I, how I feel. No, I don't think you should feel bad. I think it's it's a tough spot, but I didn't think you crossed the line. Well, I'm happy. I was just curious to hear your point. But I know I do, there's several listeners who probably saw that on Twitter and were wondering. But I do disagree that you think she looks horrible and, and, and fat. And I, I, I See, disagree. here's the thing. I never said she looked horrible. But she's not the same Beyonce she once was. Well, nobody. Well, you know, it's like Wade Boggs. Everybody evolves. It's like Wade Boggs with the Rays. Wade Boggs got his number retired by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, okay? And we're clinging to life saying, well, he had his 3,000th hit there. Well, he could still play with the Devil Rays. Wade Boggs sucked with the Devil Rays, all right? Beyonce, she's Wade Boggs with the Devil Rays now. Beyonce could still shake it. She could still move it. She could still perform. Beyonce might get her 3,000th hit now, but she'll never be what she was with the Red Sox and Yankees. You know what I mean? That makes, of course, but that's what happens. You evolve. You get older. Things happen. Well, she's got to start covering up those those thunder thighs. I have nothing wrong with it. Maybe maybe I like thick thighs. Maybe I'm into that. 855. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end it uh, on that note. Thank you, Joe. Uh, hopefully we can isolate that. Uh, you can follow Joe D on Twitter at Joe D CBS, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mraz CBS. Have a great weekend, everybody! And listen, treat your women well. It's Valentine's weekend, and take care of mom too. She deserves a card as well. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.